Good morning. And you know what? This is a really good morning. Um, I'm just so glad to be here. I'm so glad you all are here. So uh, let's bow our heads. Uh, dear God, thank you for this day. We ask that you bring your spirit to this room. Fill it with your spirit. I wish that to make sure that the words that come out of my mouth are your words. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, so why am I here? Okay, so David, a couple weeks ago, just as a, you know, kind of a um, backup plan, said, you know, get ready. You know, you and I talked about this, God is a, uh, the body is God's temple, and a little bit in February, but I know there's probably, you can do a little bit more with this, so be ready to talk about this. So I told him exactly what Rodney told him when David asked him to be the backup when he went from Central America. He said, I have faith in American Airlines to get you back safely and on time. <laughs> well, it didn't work then, it didn't work now, and not only is Dave not here, Rodney's not here, so therefore I'm here. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really glad to be here. I am so uh, passionate about this topic, and I hope to share some of that with you because truly this is the pinnacle of God's creation. The, the human body. So uh, let's just go into this a little bit. Um, let's look at the body as God's temple. And there's two parts of this. One is the gift, and the second is our response to that gift. So um, let's just deal with this a little bit. Okay? I've been fortunate, I've been privileged for 50 years or so to work with the body. And I've understood, got to know it better, know it a little bit more deeply, as a fantastic designed, coordinated machine or system or structure. I mean, it's just fantastic. I have been awed. I've been grateful for it, for the creation of this. But I realize that even more importantly than any of this is the fact that this is truly God's gift. And I want to look at it from a standpoint of not just a clinical how do you fix things, but from this miraculous gift that God has given us. But remember, therefore, it's a gift. And therefore, like any gift, it's given freely. And it really can be used by the recipient. Once it's out of the giver's hand, then the recipient can use it as they wish. However, all of God's gifts are given with a purpose. This purpose is to make sure that it benefits us, but also so that it is truly to God's glory that we use this. So let's look a little bit. Let's, let's look at the creation. We go to Genesis. So look in Genesis. There's a whole bunch of, of texts in there. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 31. God saw what he made, and it was very good. Not just good like all the animals, but very good. So really, we are the apple of God's eye in this creation. And then in verse uh, 2, 7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust, breathed the breath of life, and through that life became a living being. So we are living through God's breath and creation. Go to Psalm, Psalm 100, the great 100th Psalm, 100 uh, verse 3. 
Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I don't know if you don't want to be a sheep or not, but the idea is that he created us and we are his. And then, of course, one of the most fantastic verses of the Bible, Psalm 139, I'll quote from there. For you, God, created my most inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So he, he put us together. All these pieces, he put us together. I praise you before because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. So that means that everyone in this room here is wonderful in God's eyes. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made, when I was woven together. So very definitely there is a creation, a, a structure, an organization to us. So what are the purposes? Well, a whole bunch of purposes, of course. The ones I want to look at today is from uh, 1 Corinthians. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? and that God's Spirit lives in you. So there's a structure that God created for a dwelling place for His Spirit. And His Spirit is right here now and among all of us. There's no doubt about that. I can feel it. I can see it. But it's also within inside you. Remember, though, here's the responsibility. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. So what's he saying? That we are sacred. We are holy. God created us that way. Also in 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So we're not just random. We're just in control of all. No, we were gods, and we are bought at a price of Jesus, and therefore we need to honor God. Okay, well, that's good. So how do we know that? How do we take that information and look at it from the standpoint of, is it really real? Is God really true? Of course he is, but let's look, you know, because in Romans 1, it says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Okay, can you see inside your body right now? Can you? Not really. So in a way, these are invisible, but they can be made known very easily. And we're going to look at some of these right now. Um, some of the most important architectural principles, holding this building up, uh, running uh, lives, function, are... are actually in the body already. So let's look at a couple of these. So the first one is going to be this uh, idea of reinforced concrete. Because reinforced concrete is a, one of the most important concepts in architecture. You've got this matrix of stuff, and then you've got these supporting rods that go through them so that you can bear weight with the least amount of, bear a load with the least amount of weight so that you can be relatively light. This is a very, very common principle in uh, architecture. Well, if God didn't always think of it first. So let's look here at the human um, body. And, uh, and so this is the cross, three-dimensional cross-section of bone. And you see those little cylindrical tubes. Those are the rods set in the matrix 
of calcium pyrophosphate, if you really want to know. And this is, this is how they bear weight. With the least amount of load, uh, most amount of load with the least amount of weight. So it's a perfect example. Now, so let's look at what you can see. We'll make the invisible visible by looking at an x-ray. The next one's looking at an x-ray. This is your leg bone. And it shows those white lines around the outside with the gray in the middle. That's the, that's the uh, if you look at that cortex, that thickened area right there, go to the next one right there, it'll show you how, how, these, how it's made up of that same material. So go a little bit closer. So these same reinforcing rods are in the cortex of your bone. So as you're standing here, you don't have to weigh 400 pounds to take 400 pounds of load, which is what you'd normally have to do. You can weigh less than that because your bones can absorb that load better because of this architectural principle. So that's just one. Let's look at another one. This is a, called the geodesic dome. Geo is a very important concept where you disperse loads over a large area and you transfer them down to a more stable base. It's a very common principle in just about anything. So if you bear load, so impose load, which is what you do next, uh, show that next slide right there, where you bear, where you pose load on this, and it disperses it over a larger area. Go ahead and hit the next slide. There. You see how the loads go around the edge, so that you, each area it does not have to bear the same load. Well, let's look once again. Look at an X-ray. Look at invisible, made visible. So look at X-ray. That's your knee bone. That's the side view of your knee bone. You got your thigh bone up above, and your and your leg bone below, and there's the knee joint. So go to the next slide. And there's your geodesic dome in the top of your tibia bone. And it transfers those forces down to that reinforced concrete. So once again, you can bear load for all these years. I've been bearing load for 76 years, and my knees still work pretty well, thanks to the geodesic dome and the reinforced concrete. Okay, go to the next one. So this is a classical one. This is the most uh, religious or biblical religious. Yeah, you know, the, old, the old big cathedrals, they had a problem. They had to come to an arch, and there was a lot of load on that arch. Well, how are you going to get rid of that load on that arch to make it work right? So some 13th century smart guy came up with the idea of flying buttresses. And then what they do is you disperse these loads around the edges of the, of the arch so that now the loads can be capable of being borne. So it's a very common principle on the, about everything that you see. So doggone if it in there and the body already looked at. Here's your pelvis bone with your two legs. You see those flying buttresses outside there along the femur, along the edges right there, called the greater trochanter? So this is, this is architectural. So it exists in the body already. Just unbelievable. Um, so uh, there's one other, one other way, and this is... Uh, dear to my heart here because it has to do a whole lot with the uh, uh, way you play ball and do things like that. So if you look in what is going in, in what's said there by uh, Paul in Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians 12, the body is not made of one part but of many. In fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they are all one part then what, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So uh, uh, Romans 12, just as each of us has one body with many members, each of the members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member 
belongs to all the parts. Okay, who's got a foot? Everybody got a foot? Does a foot look like a hand? Can you get by with one without the other? No, they all take, take part in this whole function. Well, I do sports medicine and throwers. I do a lot of baseball players. The idea of what's called the kinetic chain is a, is a transformative idea back in the 90s and uh, how you look at how people throw and everything. Well, my wife Betty said, well, the kinetic chain, that's no big deal. That's what God already created in the body. So the kinetic chain is a sequenced, coordinated advancement of force development from one part to the other. Each part is necessary to form the eventual outcome, which is to throw the ball or whatever you want to do. It requires this integrated activity. So that's the way it happens. However, just like everything else, if you don't work it right, it doesn't work well. So in 1 Corinthians 12, they also mention... 25 and 26, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So we got to have all this part, because if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. So the next slide shows what happens if you don't do it right. If you don't do the kinetic chain right, there on the left, you either accept the lowest amount of force, so it hurts the whole system, or you'll have to have one of the systems there on the right, have one of the systems work more, work harder. And we see this all the time uh, in, in injury. Uh, some part's broken. It's because some other part wasn't doing well. And it's just a, it's the way it is. So once again, God created and organized this system to reflect his view of his world on his economy. So our body is truly, totally organized by God in this way. So now, uh, we can keep, if you've got four or five more hours, you got four or five more hours, I could keep on talking about this stuff. I mean, this is, this is, this is really, but I'll just give you some other examples really quickly. Um, the muscles, all you Toyota people, you know, the lean process or where you bring it in just in time, that's what your muscles do to develop energy and force. That's just one example. How many people worry about breathing? Anybody worry about breathing? I've got to take that next breath. No, you don't. How many times? Oh, my heart got to beat one more time. No, it doesn't happen. This thing called homeostasis. How many people can stand on one leg? Can stand on one leg? Good. How did you do that? Did you think about it? No. Your body was always figuring out how to do this, and it figured out in advance. Walking, running, jumping. How do you know to throw that ball with that amount of force? How many do you kick? Just walking, walking down these stairs. How do I know that I'm supposed to take this step and go this way right here and put that amount of load? You do that? Do you, are you thinking about that? No, because the body is already inherently wired in. Uh, everybody's going to go out and eat here in a few minutes, and no matter what you eat, you're going to put some sugar, you're going to put some glucose into your system. How do you know that you're not going to overwhelm the system because of the amount of glucose? Because this is a feedback homeostatic mechanism that already exists. Uh, how many people have had COVID and got better? Yeah, because your body has handled that. Heat and cold, you know, you put on coats or whatever, but you know, you, that, there's an internal thermostat. Recovery. Everybody used an extra good hour of sleep, hopefully. Last night, <laughs> nice to have a little extra sleep. But sleep is 
a part of recovery. You've got to have sleep. You've got to have rest and recovery. We know that over and over again. It just really is one of the most important things that God has given you is this sleep and recovery. Everybody here, who's got a cut on their skin right now? Anybody got a cut on their skin? We got a few places, okay. How do you know that's going to heal? There are, you know, I've operated on, I've done 24,000 operations in my career. And how did I know that once I put those stitches in that skin, it's going to heal? There are people in this room who I put, I put <laughs> cuts on and I didn't do anything about healing. They healed up. So that's automatic in the body. It's the way that God has created us to marvel at his, at his precision. So basically, this body is pretty remarkable. It really is. Okay, so that's good. That's the gift. Now, what's our response? We have to have a response as God's people to this gift. First of all, be aware that God gave you this body as this incredible gift. You didn't create it. I didn't create it. You know, I even put some of these pieces back together, but I didn't create it. You go and broke a bone, and I put a pin in there, and then I helped heal it, but I didn't create it. I didn't make it anything better. I didn't create this. And I really didn't do anything to earn it either. It has specific purposes for God's plan to show his magnificence, to show his creation, to show his omnipotence. Jesus. And, of course, with every gift that God's given you, just think of the number of gifts God has given you in addition to this body. He expects you to use it according to his purpose, as I mentioned before. It is in line with his perfect plan for that gift of you. You have a different plan. You have a different plan. You have a different plan of what God wants you to do within this gift of this body that he's given you. But remember, you're not going to do that. his plan, do his plan well if, you, if your body's not in the best condition. Sleep deprived, depressed, got a sore leg or whatever. You can't do the best. You just really can't. However, if you use the body the way, it's, the way God intends it within the parameters, then it'll, it'll respond. It really will uh, as, as individually created. So it's your duty to use it for God's glory and honor. And God tells you in the Bible that that's the way to do it. Look at Matthew, the, the parable of the, of the people with the talents. Man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, you have entrusted me with five talents. I've given you five more. Okay, from the human body, I've given you a talent to um, uh, do muscle exercises and keep my muscles in good shape. So I use, I do my exercises correctly. I eat what I'm supposed to eat, and therefore I have built up my muscles so I can walk or I can talk or I can do something like that. I built it up. I didn't hide it somewhere, and I didn't build it up just a little bit. I built it up as much as I could because that's what God wanted me to do. So what's God say? Good, well done, good and faithful servant. You have done well with a few things. I will put you in charge of more things. I'm going to make you, I'm going to let you use this body better. I'm going to have you go to India and endure all that stuff. I'm going to take you down to the Dominican and throw the baseball with these players. I'm going to do, have you here working in God's pantry. I'm going to have you do stuff with your body. Come and share your master's happiness. God's happy that you're taking care of your body. And, of course, Proverbs have got a zillion good things to say. You know, you know, Proverbs is a good book. So Proverbs 3, 7 through 8. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't take it for granted. Don't think you can do it yourself. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And then in 1530, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. Once again, the bones. I know I like that since I'm an orthopedic surgeon. All this good thing happens to bones. Proverbs 16, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. And uh, 17.22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now, if you have to listen to one verse, I want you to pay attention to this one word. I've given you a whole bunch of verses in the Bible that talk about the body and the creation and the purpose and the but this Ephesians 5.29, it really strikes me. After all, no one hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ did, does the church. So think about that for a second. What's that mean? That means that God desires that he wants us to have the same reverence, the same love, the same care for our bodies that Christ has for the church. Can you understand the magnitude of that request? That that's the same type of reverence that we should have, the same amount of, of understanding of getting into it, of taking care of it, encouraging it, protecting it, as Christ does for the church. Now, I know that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big ask. I understand that. But once again, that's one of the things we're supposed to do as followers of Christ. So once again, thankful, uh, what's our expected responses? Thankfulness and gratitude as motivations to do this. Consistent actions to protect our gift. Good surroundings and feedback. Put yourself in the right place. Don't be in a stressful situation. Don't get into a lot of problems with alcohol or drugs. Don't get into problems where you're, you're morally damaged. Get yourself in the right environment. Join a club, a fitness club, so that everybody will lift you up. Think good thoughts. Be in a positive self-group. Physical, proper diet, sleep, exercise, taking care of your body. This is your temple. Remember, this is a temple. Mental. Positive outlook, goals, get with people who are positive in their outlook. And be aware and monitor the progress. Boy, it doesn't take much to kind of get behind. And my poor wife's been down a couple of weeks here with her back pain. And it doesn't take long for her muscle strength not to, to go down. Do you know that if you're inactive, you lose 1% of your body muscle mass per day? And so be aware of that. Sometimes you've got to be down. You gotta be, but don't let it go too long. Always build it back up. So in other words, don't take it for granted. Now, I would like to do just one thing here. Just talk a little bit about exercise as God's medicine. I don't know if you ever thought of exercise as being God's medicine. What is medicine? Medicine is a, something you use to have a therapeutic benefit for your life. So it's going to make you better. Now, this medicine that God has given you, this exercise is actually inherent in the body, and if you do it, it'll respond. 
But like any other um, uh, exercise, any other medicine, you got to do it the right way. It'll help your tissues be normal, maintains tissues, et cetera, et cetera. And it has to have the right dosage and the right timing and the right um, way of doing it. Too little, no benefit, too much, possible harm. You got to know the correct type, strength, and dosage. Without it, you get sicker quicker and less ability to heal. So look at these uh, slides. Look at this right here. This is an example. This, is a, uh, this next slide shows the benefit of the uh, dose versus the benefit. There's a sweet spot of exercise. Too low, no benefit. Too much, minimal benefit. The maximal benefit. So do it the right way. Don't go ahead. It's not just kill yourself. Next slide shows the dose and benefit of exercise compared to injury risk. Once again, you can overdo it. <clears throat> God didn't tell you to go out there and run 10 marathons. He just said get in shape, get in aerobic shape, however it wants to do. So a little bit, good. The right amount's good. Too much, probably not the best thing to do. So what is the benefit of this medicine? Well, physically, in bones, more in, in, in calcium, less fracture risk. It's kind of... For us old people, that's very important. But for anybody, it is. <clears throat> Muscle, flexibility, strength, endurance, body balance, better activities. You know, everybody in this room, if you fall from this and land on the ground and you land on your leg right here, you exert enough force on that bone to break it every single time. What's keeping you from breaking it is your muscle capability of cushioning, uh, getting rid of the load. So muscles are very important. As you get older, it's almost more important to have your muscle strength than it is to have your cardiac strength because you just need more muscles to get around and get around. Once again, all kinds of metabolism, glucose, etc., keeps it in line. Many, many studies show that if you have trouble with glucose, you have diabetes, exercise decreases the amount of glucose uh, of diabetes medicine you have to take, sometimes eliminating it entirely. Blood pressure, once again, how are you going to get your blood pressure down? Exercise is the main medicine rather than pills. Um, less age-related decline and maximum capacity. Everybody in this room is declining, except some of you young people down here. Show the slide. Show the next slide. Everybody, once you get beyond 20, it's downhill, you guys. <clears throat> so, so whether you take muscle mass, bone calcium, lung capacity, whatever you want to do, this is the curve, and it's going to drop off. Now, you ain't going to die at 870 because I'm beyond that too, but the point is that it'll keep on going. But you see the red with exercise, you maintain a higher capacity for a much longer time. And so, once again, and people, that, that, that so important for quality of life to maintain this. Okay? So we get higher endorphins, more positive and more, less depression, better self-image, self-awareness. All kinds of good things happen with, with exercise as medicine. So in conclusion, we're coming down the home stretch here. Human body is one of the most, God's most wonderful gifts. Its craftsmanship, beauty, intricacies are just unbelievably awesome. I've had the privilege of dealing with this for 50 years, and I know this for a fact. You all who maybe not have had quite that experience of dealing with it, it is, and I'm sure you all enjoy it as well. We are to enjoy it for our benefit, God's glory, 
We are tre to treasure it, take care of it as the precious gift that it is. We are to nurture it and place a high value on it. And we are to act as stewards to maintain it. My wife and I have a house that's 160 years old. The reason it's 160 years old and still in good shape because people have been stewards of that throughout the entire life of that house. We need to be the same kind of stewards. Tony Dungy, great um, uh, Christian Super Bowl coach, wrote a, in a book, as followers of Christ, we should maintain self-control and discipline, especially when it comes to taking care of our bodies. Doing this honors God. He gave us the gifts of our bodies through the miracle of his creation, taking care of our bodies, watching what we put into them, and being careful about how we use them every day are responsibilities we should not take lightly. God's gift of the body is to all humans. Now, I want you all to do one thing here. This is to all, but take your hand, look at your hand. Okay, now, you realize unless you're an identical twin, the fingerprints on your hand are different than anybody else's in the entire world. So not only is God's gift to all of us, God's gift is personal to you. It becomes a personal interaction between you and God as you understand it and you use it. So you've got a big stake in this game, you guys. So before we leave, I would like now for everybody to um, just get silent with God. Get silent with the Holy Spirit for just a second. Before we go out into the world, just absorb some of this. Just, just make yourself aware of the body. Just for, just for a few seconds, just be silent. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this group of people. Thank you for your gift. It is truly awesome. The only response that we have is to say, praise God, hallelujah, amen. Go in peace.